This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, covering Ipswich Town since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and you are tuned into the flagship show, available each week on podcast audio and video. Joining us this week, two guys who I always trust to have my back in all kinds of circumstances, Craig Fimbo and Joe Fares. Good evening, gentlemen, as we record. Good morning, good afternoon, when everyone's listening. How's the things? Joe, we'll start with you because, I mean, this is kind of an abnormal extended break for you. You're usually on every week, aren't you? So out of practice, maybe? I don't know. Well, I'll find out in a little bit of time. I think the sort of 17 post-match beers last night might have affected the performance as well. So we'll, we'll keep an eye. Not finely tuned. But good to have you back. And Craig, off the back of his winning Football Room 101, I mean, your words, a landslide, wasn't it? Um, a few weeks back. I've been mean, well-deserved win. I, I've, I felt like if I'm going to lose to something, it should be begging for football shirts in Premier League grounds, which is frankly just ridiculous. So how are you, Craig? Yeah, all right, mate. Been busy with my paints and, and bits and pieces to get my uh, sign ready for <laughs> sign ready for next week. My, uh, yeah, my, my Macaulay Bond um, shirt I'm, I'm after on Tuesday night. Yeah, no, all good, mate. All good. Thank you very much. Just, I've just finished watching the Arsenal-Tottenham Ooh. Game and googling visit visits to Rwanda as a result. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. Advertising works. Yeah, Spurs. It's not. I'm not sure what's going on there. All kinds of shenanigans with Harry Kane and all that stuff is not obviously working well for them. But good on Arsenal, I say. I've not got any allegiance. I've got a new skin in that game. And you know, us rat it. Congratulations, Lewis Hamilton on 100 F1 victories and. Um, at the time of recording, I guess we could pretty confidently say congratulations to Team USA for absolutely destroying Team Europe in the Ryder Cup, even though it's playing as we record. But I'm pretty certain that's. I was going to do a Ryder Cup based joke, but I'm kind of a bit too depressed to joke about it. So, and, and, Anthony, and Anthony Joshua for literally oh, not laying a glove on uh, the Ukrainian guy last night. There you go. Come for the Ipswich chat. Stay for the insightful sports commentary. I mean, this is covering all. But I mean, I should have said spoiler alert. Probably I'm going to. I'm going to get. We are definitely going to get tweets. TWTD forum. Someone's going to say, "Unwatch the F1." So, um, sorry, sorry about it. We've ruined it. Anyway, um, yeah, Bruce Willis is a. Guy, no, I'm not even going to go there. Um, let's talk about some news, shall we? And it's a weekend off, a well-earned weekend off for ITFC's women's team off the back of their 11-2 victory. Um, what I should have researched was how Southampton got on. So, whilst I'm feverishly looking at internet. 
to see what happened there. I will talk about under-18s team beating QPR for one at Playford Road. They've had a good start season, Joe. And um, you... Oh, sorry, it's, it's such it's such a young team as well. Like when you when you looked at the team yesterday, there were six schoolboys in that starting eleven yesterday, five under sixteen and an under fifteen in there. So it's pretty impressive, really, to win four one. I had a, a friend who was at the game, and he said, "To be fair, we we went one nil down, and it, we could they they could have been sort of out of sight at half time, but somehow we just managed to turn the game on its head with a couple of quick goals in the first half, and then we're largely untroubled in the second half. But I think four one maybe." wasn't a fair reflection of the game from sort of my, my mate who was at the game, what he said, but to, to win any game under 18 level with six under 16s in your, in your starting 11 is, is, is brilliant really. And like I said, that's partly due to the fact that a lot of the under 18s are out on loan locally. So it is down to the bare bones, so to speak. Yeah. And can, continuing their positive momentum from last season. Um, Southampton beat London Bees 5-0. So they go back to the top of the league on, goal difference um so there you go but um yeah as we mentioned in the pre-match show any opportunity to go and see the icfc women's team should definitely tell that i'd endorse that experience for everyone um uh, being a bit it's kind of limited guys in terms of itfc news this week so we will be focusing on sheffield wednesday but um we talked about sam morsey's international or potential international call-up he's been named in the um in their kind of provisional um whatever it is kind of UK-based squad or whatever European-based players that they've they're calling up, and um, yeah, interesting angles to this one about um, who can get into what country and amber lists and red lists and stuff. Joe, you've you've heard or picked something up on the grapevine or, or read something somewhere about a different angle to this one, uh, which I guess might work in our favour, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, well, it was it was to do. It was an article in the Athletic a few weeks back about saying that sort of vaccine take up amongst footballers is is lower than what you'd expect sort of compared to the general population. So I, d- I don't know what the rules are, but effectively if Sam Morsi or Macaulay Bond, I think he's in the Zimbabwe squad, but if, if they've been called up internationally, if they are two players that haven't had their vaccines, what does it mean? Does it mean they mm. can't travel? Does it mean if they come back, they have to sit in quarantine for two weeks? I don't, I don't, I don't know what the rules are, but it's, I'd say it's a concern. I say it, it does seem crazy that in this, in the midst of this global pandemic, you've got players flying off all, all over the world every 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 few weeks and we'll see but if he if he does go and has to if one of them goes and has to quarantine for a few weeks it is an absolute pain in the backside for us but i guess we can cross that bridge if we come to it but it's just something that c- could potentially become an issue yeah just as, just as an aside uh, sorry just about in, just as an aside to that in regards to um Morsey, he was having his photo taken with all and sundry in the fan zone along with uh, who else? Walton, Kyle Edwards, and Hayden Coulson. Um, so, and they were happily just having photos taken with everybody. So, if he isn't vaccinated, then he's probably caught it by now because there were <laughs> hundreds of people and kids and all sorts queuing up to have the photo taken with it. It so. does seem strange because where I sit in the sort of corporate bit, there's like a man of the match sponsor, and they choose the man of the match, and generally the man of the match comes up meets them, has a photo with them, but we're told, oh, no, we can't have that at the moment because of COVID protocols. But yet the players are happy to mill around the fan zone pre-game and have photos with everyone. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, for example, my boy Oscar, he had his photo taken with those four guys in the fan zone. You walk upstairs to your seat and over the announcement it says, please do not approach the, f- the players for selfies or autographs. <laughs> well, right, the, cl- the club have literally just warranted them having photos taken with about five dozen people in the fan zone. Okay. Oops. Well, we, that certainly went up and now. Uh, that said, as I found out in the pre-match show, I absolutely stand I listen to this podcast anyway. So, you know, nothing would change there. I, again, I named the scorer for Sheffield Wednesday. More on that <laughs> shortly as well. So if someone was listening by now, I'm sure something would be done about that. So players will continue to be the fans. I don't worry. We'll, um, yeah. The noise listening to this one. Um, so yeah, it'll be interested to see how that, how that pans out. And I, I don't know where, um, folk are flying off to for these international matches, but clearly if there's rules about vaccines and airlines have rules on vaccines and so on, um, then it'll be interesting to see what, what what that does to things as well. But clearly anything we can do to keep Morsi around, I suspect. Yeah, McCauley um, Bond as well, obviously. Um, yeah, Bond, yeah, captain one at the moment, isn't he? So yeah, interesting one. We'll see how that plays out in the coming weeks. But Sam Morsi, um, after this um, weekend just been, is now available for selection, which is good. 
it'd be really annoying if he suddenly has to go off on international duty. So um, we shall keep our eyes peeled on that one. Excellent stuff, guys. Um, I suggest we head straight on to Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday. And as I talked about just now, um, pre-match show, we um, drilled into Sheffield Wednesday, as we always do. Um, let's start with them, because it's um, <laughs> it's more interesting to talk about the Ipswich team. No real surprises. I think Seb and I suspected that they might go for a 4-3-3, um, but um, Darren Moore sticking with the 4-2-3-1, um, with a couple of changes from their one or draw. Um, with Shrewsbury and um, Wing coming in for Dunkley, and that's a midfielder for a centre back, which means that Sam Hutchinson has to move back into defence, which is typically where he plays. But he had a brief spell in midfield. Um, and other than that, Marvin Johnson came in for Jack Hunt, and I think maybe he swapped sides with Liam Palmer, perhaps there. Um, otherwise, the only um, thing of interest there uh, is ex Ipswich Town loanee Dominic Iorfa. Um, taking his place in central defence now, guys, rather than at right back. He's filled he out like a bit he... since he was here, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> been in the gym, been in the gym, hasn't he? Crikey, unit. Yeah, and the good thing, I guess, for him is he's learned the position of Darren Moore, who's was a excellent unit. and a unit. Um, but he's got that pace as well, so yeah, it's a good combo there. So you can understand why um, Darren Moore is. Um, tried to coach him that and proof that you know players can be developed and learn stuff. It's you know, that's the whole part of the game, isn't it? Um, as for the Ipswich team, let's put that back up. We were expecting um, a change at left-back with uh, Lewis Coulson um, injured against Lincoln. Um, Hayden so Coulson. Hayden Coulson. Is it not Lewis? Lewis. Every bloody so week. <laughs> who is Lewis Coulson? I, need I to think find it's Lewis Gibson, maybe. Must, uh, who, yeah, who I think is on loan at Sheffield Wednesday and can't get in the team. Hayden Coulson. Sorry. Thank you, Joe. Um, and I've even written Lewis on my script as well. Um, so Matt Petty <laughs> comes in to play against his former club. Um, the other change, there was a, uh, a rumoured extra injury for the starters last week that Paul Cook wouldn't allude to. Um, and and uh, it turned out to be uh, Lee Evans, captain last week. Um, and a really interesting change here, guys. Um, Idris Ilmazuni coming in, which I guess we all want to see. It's interesting. We kind of speculated for a while about his role this season, given he's not gone on loan. And here he is, lining up in centre midfield, guys. Yeah, well, he played. He played. Sorry, Joe. He played there, didn't he? In in um, was it the EFL trophy game? He played it's there. Both, but New- both the games, and the oh no, he played but in the ten, didn't he? In the, yeah, the Newport. In Newport, Newport, he played as a ten. No, no, Newport, Newport he played in the midfield, and West Ham he played as a ten. Yeah, the other way. The more recent one, he played as the ten, didn't he? Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so it was, it was obviously Harper came on as a ten last week, didn't he? And for for a couple of minutes this week. Um, so his performances at, at ten last week meant he doesn't get a start a start the week after. Yeah. Well, it did. Um, sort of, Paul Cook did come out after the game against Lincoln and sort of say, "Oh, this does feel like it's sort of Raheem Harper's position is more of, more of a ten than a well a six. Really, they play as don't they, rather than an eight in midfield. They are they are defensive midfielders. They are their job is effectively to win the ball and move it. Where his game is more about getting on the ball and getting up the pitch with it. And the, like I say, I'm, I'm great to see El Mazzuni start. And I think he gave a good account of himself in there as well. But it's really interesting that Cook. It's almost like is Harper now written off as a central midfielder? Do, are we mm. now one short there? Really, is it, or is John Nolan the the player in there, or is Elmazuni now the fourth choice? Because you're now looking effectively at Evans, Morsi, um, Carroll, Carroll, and Carol. then Elmazuni or Nolan, I guess, as a fourth. If Harper is now a ten, but it's an in- interesting one, isn't it? That we've sort of signed a player that effectively doesn't fit into sort of Paul Cook's formation. And mm. we've now over, and it's now another body in that already very sort of crowded um, sort of search for the sort of free behind the striker. Like I say, you've got Connor Chaplin who wants to play as a 10, Burson Salina who wants to play as a 10, Scott Fraser who wants to play as a 10, Rakeem Harper who is now being seen as a 10 apparently. And Louis Barry, I think would quite like to play there if he gets a chance as well. So it's a uh, in- interesting well, we yeah. said, we said, didn't we, Rich, on the on the Lincoln pre-match show, we were talking about you've now basically got three different types of number ten in the squad. You know, you've got a a strikery type number ten that Piggott or Norwood can play. You've got your your jinky, Salinary type, Chaplin type number ten. You've got your passing Fraser type number ten. So you know, you keep now you covering the bases of number ten. Now you've you're got a strong running number ten. Well. Yeah, yeah, and a strong running number ten. And just yeah. inside, it's um. El Mazzuni's 21st birthday today. 
Oh, of course it is. I saw the tweet by the club. Happy birthday, Idris. Yeah, and he definitely. Um, well, we'll talk about Doncaster um, later on, but um, did himself absolutely no harm for first team opportunities. I think we all agree on that. So, um, yeah, happy birthday to him. For it will be yesterday by the time this goes out. Um, and and um, with Lee Evans missing out, um, guys. Um, Macaulay Bond was chosen as Captain Craig. Um, a kind of a no-brainer type decision, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, certainly for a home game as well. You know, family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We all know. Yeah, you, know, you know, all his family are there up in um, church, top of Churchman's every match, and yeah, I'm, I'm not off. I don't think anyone's particularly keen on having lone players being captains of, of the team, but I think we'll all make. Uh, uh, an exception to it on this occasion. I don't think it particularly pleased Mick Mills driving home yesterday after the match. He wasn't overly keen on strikers being strikers being captains, but he didn't seem to be overly keen on on much grumpy old side yesterday after the match. <laughs> I've been saying that on Twitter. And to be fair to you know, Bond's communication skills are excellent for post match interviews. But he wasn't. It wasn't kind of a. He's not a demanding. He was kind of lead by example type captain, wasn't he? And, and to be yeah, fair, yeah, but so, you know, that was fine for me. If it's a one, if it's a one-off, then yeah, doesn't doesn't really matter. You know, you've got people out there who know sh- should know their jobs without having to be told them. You'd have thought, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, into the action we go. I mean, I, I have to say, um, it was a twenty-two thousand odd crowd on Saturday. Um, definitely boosted by um, eighteen hundred fans coming from Sheffield. Um, certainly the biggest away gate in Portman Road for some time. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking a huge to a couple of Wednesday fans, and I um. They wanted more tickets. They'd sold out and wanted yeah. more, and they'd they'd asked for that area in On the bottom tier as well. But yeah. they were told, "No, you can't have it effectively because they've had that before." So it's a shame that we couldn't accommodate more fans in there, more stewards and police, I suspect. But and and, a, and a, another um, blue action finally got their um, displays, their banners, their flags out, which was great, and Paul Cook. Um, on the back of a win at Lincoln, was able to come out first and take an ovation as well. So, um, so uh, the atmosphere I thought was quite good yesterday. There was some frustration certainly with um, certain individual who we'll talk about in a bit, um, but atmosphere positive and and town started well. Town started quite nervously in the first thirty seconds. There's a bit of yeah. miscommunication. Ladke obviously coming in last week for Walton, who was still out injured, um, and him and Burgess have a bit of a miscommunication and a back header. Almost let in Lee Gregory, but fortunately no harm done there. But you'd kind of hoped that these moments had gone, um, and unfortunately not. But um, after that, I thought Haladki settled down quite well and um, certainly, um, I think, had good control over certainly dead ball delivery into his box. He seemed to, to cope with very well, and um, Burgess had a few yeah. moments, but... Otherwise, Gladke didn't let anyone down. Um, three minutes, though, guys. This is when the, the chances start for town. Um, all, all a little bit sloppy up in the air, going back and forth, but it drops really nicely for Carroll here. Um, and he dinks a lovely volley over the top. And you probably had a view better than I did, Craig, on this offside situation here. But Bond's through. Um, and yeah. what, what's, what's going through your mind apart from score? Is he, oh, is he offside? He or no, he wasn't offside. Got... No, 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 he wasn't offside. Um, what was just bizarre? Just, just look how long. Not, not, not only how ever, long he had to to take the chance, but no one, no one caught up with him. The ball was just bouncing and bouncing. Literally, no defenders got anywhere near him, did they? And and the ball bounced four times, which is unbelievable in itself. He just had too much time, didn't he? he could have, if it had took it early, he could have probably lobbed him. But to be fair to the keeper, the keeper sort of didn't make his mind up for him did he he sort of started and then he sort of tracked back and the gap was getting closer and closer and the keeper wasn't you know wasn't making a decision for Bon. and at the end it was just a pretty poor effort to be perfectly honest when he just he just side footed it straight yeah, at his, straight his midriff him, didn't he yeah he was maybe yeah, expecting him to go yeah. down or something but yeah, yeah I, thought, so... I thought the keeper, i thought the keeper did did all right there i thought when, it, when i when i initially saw it in real time i thought oh one bounce sat up nicely just Maybe he could have dropped it over him, but I think the, the keeper didn't come rushing out. He actually I don't think there was really enough room to drop it over him, I don't think. No. no. I, no he so just, he just had to take, it bring was. it down and put your foot through it. So I was obviously behind the goal, so I could see how close the keeper was to the goal. And it's just like, just bloody, like I say, just put, smash put your it. foot through it almost. Yeah, take okay. a touch and put your foot through too it. Much, and... too, it's, it's, it's just a textbook. Had too much time to think about it, yeah. isn't it? It's, but, uh, it's, showing there the class. the lines for about three times as well. Yeah, it's had so much time. Um, the class of Carroll, though, to to pass to make that pass, I, I, that's something that you know a lot of debate on 
after the game about was it a good performance, was it not? Yeah. And to me, in terms of trying to find positives, those kind of chances we just didn't ever create for about five years. I, I was releasing players, one on ones, exactly right. Yeah, we just never created those. So I, I quite like that we've got that threat in there. We just need strikers who are going to finish that off. And to be fair to Bonnie's. As you said, he's in two minds, isn't he? Clearly about what he needs to do there, but yeah, at um, least it would have been a really excellent start for. But um, we've taken early leads before and have found difficulty there. So um, six minutes uh, crossing from Johnson, Gregory, um, the second attempt gets a touch on it, and Aladki makes the save. Um, Nineteen, um, uh, the ball is in the net, guys, um, and I get a lovely move, um, El Mazzuni. A pivotal in this, a lovely early ball out wide for Bond. Takes his time, holds the ball up, waits for Fraser. Runners overlapping, taking away defenders. Lovely cross here. Um, and there's no debate debate about this offside call, is there? Joe, you're kind of, this is right in front of you, is it? Yeah, but I'm behind Burns. the goal, so you, you don't get any view of it. But it, it yeah. looked like he went too early on it. And it, it, he looked offside. My first thought was to look over the linesman and his flag was straight up. So it was, I say, it was like, like you said, it was, Good bit of football from El Mazzuni getting the ball and being quite direct with it. And I thought Fraser used the runners well to let it open up there. And I thought it was a nice little move. Just a shame that Bond didn't get more on the header to score that yeah, chance he, as opposed to being it, flicked in. Yeah, it, it, it did go. It did go to show that that um, Burns is actually getting in the box from the other wing, didn't it? That that was working mm. at that particular time. Is that he was actually attacking it from the far wing? And it was a. It, that I look along that line, and it was it was. If he looked off in real time. Um, and the, the lines, as Joe says, the lines just flag went straight up, so we didn't even bother celebrating really because we we're looking at the lines as we're looking at the goals, sort of thing. Yep. Um, and the, the trouble is at this point, there's there's two really excellent chances for Ipswich, and Sheffield Wednesday, I think that kind of spurred them into action a little bit. There's a chance for Gregory again, um, low firm shot that Haladki gets behind, which was was travelling. It's quite a good save actually um, at the North Stand end. But a minute later, guys. Um, and the pressure had been building to an extent. Ipswich just can't get the ball away here. It's Edmondson, I think, who clears it out. Um, Johnson curls across into the edge of the box, which is chested quite nearly down to Gregory. And I've mentioned him on Friday. And what happens, Craig? Um, he, he's gone the end of this, but this is a this is a lovely finish and a, a dinner and a dinner. And. Yeah, yeah, he is actually. And 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 at the time when we were watching it again in real time, and the the. The cross comes in from a foul. I think El Mazzuni had a foul near the nearest sort of dugouts or that side of the pitch, and Edmondson clears it. And then the guy who hooks it back in seems to have a lot of time. We didn't sort of sprint mm. out to stop him from getting it back in, did we? But you know, one once it got into the box, Gregory did well. Didn't need to chest it down, and and a ran, should we say it? It was it was it was quite quick, wasn't it? It was like chest. The chest dropped it straight onto his foot. There was no time for it. You know, it didn't like loop up for him to then volley. It was literally chest shot. In it was yeah, just a just a good goal, wasn't it? It's not an awful lot we could have done about it. Certainly nothing the goalkeeper could have done about it. No, and uh, Ladke's probably a little bit off his line, but it's just as you said, it's an instinctive hit, isn't it? Yeah. So quick, yeah. And it's probably yeah, through it's a no... few bodies for Ladke as well. It's just it's, it's just the angle of the ball, isn't it? It's yeah, like, it dips under, doesn't it? it? It really it goes quite high and dips almost like yeah. it's he's hit it like twice, like with his shin and his boot or something. I haven't seen it back again to look, but it's almost the way the ball gets up and down quite quickly. It's almost like when it's had like a slight deflection. So I wouldn't be surprised if he almost a bit of a shin, shin roller. Is. Okay, um, but that, and that kind of took the wind out of ourselves, really, and it took us, you know, kind of a good ten minutes to reimpose ourselves, which we did um, to our credit. Um, bon, yeah, you guys have a better view of this. This foul on Bon around the area. Um, are you up in arms about this one? Because the referee at this point has made a few unpopular decisions, and certainly is is encouraging encouraging the Ipswich fans to be a lot right. Well, Words, yeah. angry. We're getting angry with the ref, aren't we? At this point, and this doesn't. Yeah, happen. and it, 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 it say it was, again. It's the one that we we look straight down on, and it's one of those ones that if the referees already started making dodgy decisions against you, you'll start screaming because you want a penalty for it. But it wasn't. It wasn't a particularly clear cut, um, clear cut penalty. Sort of the defenders came on the blind side. Bond sort of turned blind, yeah. and the guy was already there, sort of thing. So they just sort of collided rather than it being a foul. Oh, no, it was a definite foul for me, looking sort of straight at it. But it was outside the box. It wasn't a penalty. It was a couple of yards on like the edge of the D. But Bond just beats. He could have played the ball the other way, but goes inside and he just comes across and just clips him. And it's 
hundred percent a foul for me, but not a penalty because it wasn't in the box. And and the referee here, forty minutes has to go over and have a conversation with Paul Cook, who's presumably got a little bit irate on the sideline. But I, I think I, I got into a bit of a Twitter debate about the referee's performance yesterday, and you know the standard at this level we we knew about already. The issue I think for me was just the lack of consistency and very pedantic about. Where throwing, throwing taken. taken, yeah, and then players took them anyway. There were a lot of foul throws which he, he missed as well, but it just seemed to me that there were marginal decisions which, more often than not, didn't go for us. And there were similar decisions where Sheffield Wednesday got a foul, but it, it just didn't. And and fans see that and get pretty annoyed. And he did not. Yeah, there was a moment in the second half where he gave us a free kick, didn't he? And the crowd cheered it like it was a goal. It was one of those days, but. If you're I think, I think the, that was the. I think that was the one as well. Actually, that it wasn't didn't actually look like it was particularly a foul. <laughs> and <laughs> and Darren Moore and Paul Cook, you could tell just just looked at each other and said, you know, he's given that one because the crowd are on his back, sort of thing. It's one of those yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, Forty three. Amazuni has a go. He kind of swings a boot at it. It was a good um, build up from Salino. You know, we need to talk about him. Home debut. I don't know about you guys. It didn't feel to me that he's he's certainly not fully fit, is he? And 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 that's a, when he contributed. He he made a, a good contribution, but they were just too few and far between, weren't they? Was, was that a bit of a gamble in your mind, including Selena? I think the only way you're going to get him fit is to play him, though, isn't it? And right. It wouldn't surprise if he drops out on Tuesday, but if he just plays every Saturday for a for a few weeks or so, just to get some get some games under his belt, because we need to get him fit. With sort of ideally, he's going to be our key player, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah. the class is there. You can tell. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Chaplin maybe starts on um, on Tuesday night. Silly, he didn't. Well, at times he didn't even look fifty percent fit, did he? Um, but I don't suppose you can really play him out wide because you do need your wide players to do some tracking back, and he's, there's no way in the world he's going to be doing that just yet. Mm. And that's that's half time, guys. I mean, a positive start, pegged back, frustrated by the referee. Um, it was. <laughs> It was a bit. I mean, there was no booze at halftime. There'd been obviously booze before. I think the referee got some stick walking down the down the tunnel end, didn't he? Um, but just a little bit frustrating, I guess, not to capitalise on that positive start. Um, it was just another occasion whereby the opposition haven't had to do an awful lot to go into into the lead against us, have they? You know, they weren't particularly banging the door down against us. They had a, a half chance. I don't know what their xG was yesterday, but they had a half chance, and it's in the back of our net. We've, we've had a rather more, far more guilt-edged chance and haven't managed to put the bloody thing away. Yeah. See, I, I felt that we'd, we'd start the game probably as well as we played all season, the sort of first 20, 20 or so minutes. I thought we were really sharp, really at it, busy, sort of winning the ball back a lot. But it just seemed at that point, I, I think they made a sort of slight tactical tweak that their wingers just all of a sudden, Oladarpa and Berahino just went right out on the touchlines and just... Stayed out there and it just sort of stretched the game and opened the game up a bit. And I, I didn't really see that we've reacted that well to that. And Bannon sort of dropped a little bit deeper because he was playing so high at the start. And they just seemed to get in control of the game a bit more. I know Craig mentioned that there's a massive gap between midfield and attack at that point. But I, I just felt that Moore just tweaked things slightly in game. We didn't really ever get back on top of it from there. No. And we, we again, we talked about this on the pre match show. Sheffield Wednesday. Um, took the lead um, about 30 minutes against Shrewsbury week before um, and had been dominating in the first half, which certainly wasn't the case this time around, but had shut up shop. And we knew that Darren Moore's team's short passing were going to be quite containing. And and so the, the way that the second half panned out wasn't necessarily a surprise to me. They certainly seemed about 65, 70 minutes. I think you said this on the chat, Joe. They're either tired or tactically, they were just stepping back. They were, the chances were starting to dry out, yeah. weren't they? And, and 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 that's when we started to get a little bit fragmented and the shape kind of lost it a little bit. And I don't think the substitutions helped in that respect. I mean, just talking through the the bits and pieces here of, of, in the second half, I mean, Penny's having a few moments where he, he wants to win the match on his own. I guess the motivation's there, isn't he? But he's he's, he's in there. He's, he's, he's in behind. He's six yards out and rather than and can't choose whether he crosses or shoots and just does neither really and slightly slams over the bar when he really should take a breath and have a look up. Um, I've taken a note here about a burn foul in front of the North stand in similar fashion to Lee Gregory who got a foul, but there's nothing giving this time around. Both of them look like they dived to me, but um, the referee was in that kind of mood. 
We mentioned this at the start as well, guys. You might have a better view. You certainly would have had a better view of this. And Burgess nearly has a, a kind of, a, dare I say this, a Lee Evans-type moment, um, conceding possession in a dangerous area, but manages to make a recovering tackle, which kind of went down well with the crowd. But you kind of think, <laughs> don't give the ball away in the first place. Yeah, um, he did it twice. twice. He did, he did it twice, didn't he? Yeah. yeah he got standing ovation twice for, for making up for his own mistakes. Yeah. I mean, the one success, in terms of, we talked about how, um, and we've got a question around this as well. How our town manage the opposition? Barry Bannon, obviously the key player again. No surprises there. Who played wherever he wanted. He started the game kind of up front alongside Gregory. Then slowly got further and further back. But marauded around and roamed. I, I didn't think he had a huge amount of involvement, um, to yeah. be honest. And he goes down injured. I mean, takes for bloody ever to get oh, off the pitch. This is, this is where the refs annoy me when they're so weak on this. Yeah. I say he was down injured for so long getting treatment it's like when you know he's going off then he gets up and walks from the center circle to the edge of the box to give someone else captain's armband and then walks yeah. from there off that probably took six or seven minutes out of the game that that injury did and that'll all get that'll all get added on the end joe don't worry yeah <laughs> the worst thing as well joe is that at that point we're standing over an attacking free kick aren't we and all the kind of and the crowd is up for it and just it not only sucks the momentum out of us it sucks it sucks the momentum out of the crowd there's frustration there too and Selena's standing over this free kick as you said for a good two three minutes and he's he's got cold isn't he and so the free kick goes in and it doesn't really do much um it's cleared out but actually there's a secondary chance here town keep the ball alive played back in there's a mix up here between I think it's Palmer and Shadipo and Bonds in um and again similar to that kind of third minute chance here this time he I guess well similar as in he's in behind this time he hits it early but it's low and it's straight at Peacock Farrell. And to be fair to my author is charging in, but perhaps should do better. And then 75, your thoughts, guys, on the timing of these changes? Far too late from my for my money. Yeah. Um, well, it just wasn't working in the second half at all. I, I thought we were just moving the ball far too slowly at the back. I think this is the sort of game where you need a Luke Wolfenden in, in central defence because when you're dominating the ball, you need somebody who can pick a pass, who can step into midfield and do something with it because... Cameron Burgess is not that player from what I've seen so far. He's a very good defender, but he's not a he's not a ball player back there. And at, at home, when you when you're going to have 70 percent of the possession in a half, I think you, sometimes you need a little bit more than what he was able to give us. And that, I think I think yesterday as well, you just noticed the difference between Coulson and Penny, in that Penny very often went. He had a, he had options up front, but he didn't quite have the confidence to take the option, and he did pass it back to Burgess. Right, that's probably our most completed pass partnership was probably those two guys those and Berger and across to Edmondson sort of thing but um, as Joe said it was it was just far too ponderous isn't we having too many touches and as you may talk about in a second Rich you know one of the few times that we did play some one touch passing we got in didn't we with um, with Bond's chance on the right hand side yeah and just talk, talk to me about the the personnel changes Harper comes in for Selena Chaplin comes in for Burns Burns admittedly had not made a huge amount of impact here, but your thoughts on, uh, I guess, Aluko is on the bench, isn't he? I mean, uh, uh, is that the personal changes that you would have made? Because uh, we talk about Fraser. I don't think we've got questions about him, but a lot of people are talking about it. Fraser, to me, makes really telling contributions, mm. but just doesn't look fit to me or doesn't look, he's not particularly mobile, is he? And, and to me, he looks tired, but maybe that's his style. He, yeah, he's just his style, isn't it? Yeah, he's just not, he's not quick enough to play that wide right. It's not his fault. He's just mm. not that player, is he? But as you say, Rich, our good things do come through him. And he very, mm. very often he picks the right pass, doesn't he? As we'll say later on, but he does very often pick the right pass. And all, a lot of our chances do come from his, his assist. So he's obviously a very, very, very good player. It's just knowing how to play him and get the best out of him, really. Well, the, yeah. only, the only way in that respect. In, in the second half, the only way we were getting through was either Tom Carroll or Scott Fraser sort of turning a ball around a corner quickly and breaking a line that way. That was that was about our only only way we got in in the second half. We didn't really have much else other than that. I say Burns, for me, had just tired so much. I think Chaplin is also a player that makes things happen as well. Whenever he seems to come on, there, always he, he seems to have an impact on the game. He, he sort of drifted in and out of it when he started in the 10 role, but you could probably say that for everyone who's played in the 10 role for us this season. But yeah. But Chaplin does make things happen. He knows where to be, doesn't he? Is he over, yeah, uh, I, but I think you'd struggle to sort of tell what sort of formation we were playing because everyone mm. was just everywhere, weren't they? Certainly when once Piggott. 
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you. And are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Come on as well. Yeah, I mean, before that substitution for El Mazzuni for Piggott, to me, the, it was a like-for-like like change because... Um, Harper went up and basically was in that advanced midfield and number 10 position. And I think Chaplin went out wide right, but more and more Chaplin got dragged into the middle of the pitch, leaving Danassian completely isolated with no with no out ball really down the right-hand side um, and had to come back out. And then Harper studied, drifted further and further back. And as you say, on, on 81, Pig comes on from Zini. We basically go to a 4-4-2 at that point. But Chaplin was far too central for me for that to be for him to be an out and out winger and to be an outlet for Tenassi, which was a problem. I mean, there's there's a chance, there's a couple of chances in '77. Um, as you said, the lovely move involving Carroll. It's kind of the first the first time passing, isn't it? That's the difference. Yeah. Um, and Fraser again looks up, knows where knows where Bon is, um, and Bon has his shot deflected. The resigned corner is cleared out. Penny swings in across, which Burgess heads narrowly away from close range. Um, those were probably the the pick of the chances, and it, there is this frustration building to me. And the game is, to me, Sheffield Wednesday marries the game really well. If I'm Darren Moore, until the 90th minute, I'm probably this is perfect away type performance. I mean, this is from the Mick McCarthy kind of score of one nil away for performance, isn't it? Because they weren't, you know, attacking us. They were the odd bits and pieces forays forward, but largely it was just contain, and we were very much helping them out by being that disjointed, as you said. 83 penny slashes a wild shot into the north. Stanley got a lot of abuse for that. I'd have to apologize to Cook, who was absolutely going crazy on the sideline when he did that. But 90 minutes, Penny is going to have a contribution, Joe. Deep cross. This is no one's picked this up. You need to watch this back if you if you haven't spotted it. Penny's deep cross goes over to Bon. And it's a crap cross. Let's let's be fair. Bon volleys it back to the keeper to keep the ball in play. He actually could let it so go out. It's part of an elaborate ruse. To, so I think He it, knew what was coming, what so was that's coming. why he kept it in play. Um, talk to us about what happens next, Joe, because I mean, I, I, this is like a um, question of sport. What happens next? <laughs> well, I'd, I'd um, sort of slumped into my chair when, the, when that cross was held by the keeper. I saw the keeper had the ball, and then I looked up, and all of a sudden, sort of Bon and the keeper was sort of going at it with the ball. And I hadn't really worked out what happened, but obviously I'm sure everyone listening to this has seen this now, but Bon hides behind the keeper, sort of bobs around. And when the keeper drops the ball, he just nips in front of him, grabs it, sort of ends up taking it down towards the touchline, but does brilliantly in the fact that he keeps his composure, rolls the ball back to Fraser, who again could quite easily just lash that ball at the goal. But no, he he picks a pass well and rolls to Chaplin and Chaplin 
can't miss really that it was like i say as, as much as the the sort of um as, as much as bond's going to get the credit for nicking the ball from the keeper by hiding behind it once he's done that there's still there's still a lot of work to do and between them between the three involved they make very good clever runs and very good clever decisions it's re- it's a really sort of from the position where he's in down by the touchline is really well taken from that point there, which I think is almost gets a little bit lost in the fact that it's just that funny goal where he's nicked the ball off the keeper. And Craig, we've, we've just been talking about Fraser and, and Chaplin. I've, you know, veiled criticism really of Fraser's not the out and out kind of a mobile winger that we maybe want or, you know, a big focal point and Chaplin kind of drifts in and out. But to be fair to but I, I was keeping my eye on Bon for obvious reasons, at the North Stand end. I hadn't got a clue that anyone else was up with him. So for them to be so quick in getting into that position, I haven't really watched the video back to see where they are. Because to me, Bon, probably everyone assumes that Bon's going to take that on himself. So for those guys to be there um, is, is, is testament, I guess, to their sensibilities of, of where the threat is and where the opportunity yeah. is. And, you pro- and as, as we were saying just now, you probably wouldn't want anybody else other than Fraser, for it to be knocked back to. Because as Joe said, he's just calm. In the whole situation, this hectic chaos that's going on, to pick out Chaplin, to know that he's there, and just to just to roll it across to him. Whereas, as Joe said, anybody else could well possibly, either him or Carroll, you'd probably trust to be in that position, to have a cool head to, to knock it across. Everyone else would have just panicked and, and gone for the goal, which may well have gone in, but it may well have ended up in the top tier of, of the North Stand. But I just still cannot, cannot believe, and this obviously... The, the circumstances of this happening are quite unique in that it would never, ever, ever happen in an away game because you'd have the entire home crowd telling the mm. goalkeeper that he's there. How often do you see a goalkeeper not look behind look behind him on both shoulders? It, they all do it all the time. But for this occasion, he decides not to do it. And the fact that nobody in the Sheffield Wednesday team is telling him that there's someone behind him. I think Palmer right back sort of points, doesn't he? Yeah. But... It's always I offer at right centre-back. Yeah, wide centre back at that point. But there, just yeah. scream at him. Just yeah. They, just none of them are switched on, are they? None of them. Yeah. It's just utterly bizarre. No, and and it's a nice reminder. Twitter is always good for this kind of stuff. I'll put this up for those of you <laughs> watching on on YouTube. Um, rem- Nick Ames reminded us of of this one. Let's see if I can get the audio as well. Um, similar situation here, and and it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. A nice replay coming up. Great, great to see David Johnson on the pod. There he is. But the thing is, as well, it, which is obviously a bit different to that one, is the sheer amount of time that Bob, the bomb was hiding. Yeah, he was there for ages, wasn't he? Just like, shush, shush, everyone, I'm still here. He hasn't seen said, me. And as you say, that was that's, that's, at. at the city ground as well. So that's David Johnson scoring against Norwich and Rob Green, a similar situation before. Nice. I mean, good thing for Rob Green, I like baby Peacock Farrell. Rob Green puts plenty of, plenty of yards on the ball as it makes it even worse. Um, but as you said, Craig, that, that this kind of goal isn't going to happen for a good few, a few years now because every goalkeeping coach, every goalkeeper will be doing that check over the shoulder now, won't they? It's kind of a once in a five to 10 year kind of situation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, you know, the captain there with, with the good instincts and as we said, it didn't feel like the chances were going to come from anywhere else. So that was that killer instinct really kind of um made a made a point out of out of none. And guys, kind of a few minutes later, it could be and should really be all three. Harper we talked about him marauding through. I mean the the kind of <laughs> The waves parted for well, him. They're just trying they? to foul him, aren't they? They're desperately trying to bring him down. Yeah, so strong, strong. Yeah. yeah, it does really well. Um, and and then yeah, it's a tame shot when he's got Higgins, Chaplin, and Bond, particularly yeah. completely unmarked. And um, you're gonna get you're gonna go old Ted Lasso on us here, Rich. Was make it make the extra that pass. extra pass? Yeah. yeah, do a Jamie Tart. Yeah, so. Um, that's your lot, gentlemen. Your thought, we've got questions on this as well, so I don't draw too much into this, but your feeling about whether it was a point one or two points dropped or, you know, and Joe, we'll come to you first because in terms of the performance, you mentioned you were quite impressed, certainly in the first half up to before the goal for Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. You know, did you, are you feeling the sense of gelling 
And, you know, the defensive issues appear to have, and the mistakes appear to have, at least they're not telling anymore. Um, but what was, your, what was your feeling walking out? Um, it, was, it was a game where I, I thought a draw was probably a fair result on the overall balance of the game. But I don't think we'd have been able to have any complaints had we not equalised after that second half. Because I, I don't think we did anywhere near enough to, to try and score in that second half. And it just, I don't know, I'm still very much on the fence with this at the moment when we talk about sort of, oh, it takes time to gel, it's this. But ultimately, that's what seven home games we've had this season, including the Cups. We've not won one of them. We're in the bottom four after, well, sort of 20% of the season is almost gone now, isn't it? And we're we're in the bottom four of the table in the relegation zone. And you look at Sunderland, you look at Wigan, and these are the teams. We, We want to be going up automatically. That is the aim for this season isn't it and we're 12 points behind them already and it's at what at what point does automatic promotion just be gone effectively because like i said we've got a huge amount of catching up to do and and if like i said we've got luckily we've got a chance to get it right tuesday and if and if we win tuesday it becomes seven points from nine decent haul it becomes four points from two home games decent enough haul and and things look more positive but it's almost like yesterday's result or saturday's result will be judged against in conjunction with Tuesday's game as well. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be judged as a pair. And if it's and if we don't win on Tuesday, it becomes a big, big problem that we've now we'd have played six league games at home and not won one of them. We'll be in we'll be probably bottom of the league or second bottom of the league at that point. So it's it becomes a, a big issue if we don't win on Tuesday. Craig, are you seeing green shoots? Are you getting more confidence that we know what we're doing? Um well, I think I said at halftime to the guys around or Glenn, my mate I sit with, that it was just so important that we didn't lose that game, I think, mm. coming on the back of Lincoln. We just needed to keep up a, an you know, element of momentum going. Can you imagine, had we won Lincoln and lost lost on Saturday, this, everything again would have been deflated, wouldn't it? So not only to get a point, but in the, in, the, in the way that we got the point, I think sort of keeps things on a relatively even keel. We didn't, concede any clear-cut chances I don't think you know I don't really remember Hlaki had a few as you said earlier a few um long-range shots to there was to one set out. piece wasn't there a corner where big free header which um Hlaki did really well to sort of keep out and get away without it yeah but he, his, hand, and his handling was good wasn't it in the, yeah. the hole from, from long shots um I just think this this system that we're currently playing and Paul Cook's hanging his hat on just relies currently on the individuals rather than the system creating the chances, if you see what I mean. Because, you know, the one-touch quick stuff that we spoke about happens so currently, happens so seldomly throughout a course of 90 minutes. Yeah, we're picking up one or two of these instances in an entire match of 90 minutes, where ideally we want this to be happening half a dozen times per half. Um, So, yes, there are glimpses of progression and... You know, and you can see that there is understanding. These the, the little one touches, the flicks from Carroll to Fraser and Fraser over to Bond. You can see that it's there, but it's do, doing it on a more more consistent basis, doing it on a more regular basis because it does. He says trying to find some sort of element of wood around him, as it were. Um, the, the solidity at the back does seem to be sort of getting there. Um, but crikey, if we don't win against Doncaster on Tuesday, then yeah, it's all. Uh, Yep. worth nothing isn't it yeah let's jump into the question shall we guys and let me see if i can find one kind of yeah from pete girls um uh, was that a point gain two points dropped to a fair result i could make an argument for all three ps people need to lay off harper for not passing to bond for that last minute chance bond was in an offside position i don't I've looked back i don't think he is pete i think i think bond's onside um but yeah to his point um, yeah, it was basically the, I ruined it and spoiled the question, but I don't think you guys answered it. So very, very briefly, um, your thoughts on uh, point gained, two points dropped, or fair result? I don't think any three. game at Portman Road that you don't win is two points dropped. To be, to be blunt, you, you can't get in the playoffs if you're not going to have a good record at home. And we've got four points from five games, so that for me, that's eleven points dropped at home already this season, which. You can't afford to drop, like I say, if you drop another 11 at home, you're probably struggling to get in the top six, let alone the top two. Craig? Um, well, yeah, and it prob- but to be fair, probably, was it a fair result on the whole scheme of things yesterday? Very possibly. Do- we didn't do enough to win, but we didn't deserve to lose. So, 
one a point was a fair result on the, on that. But as Joe said, it's 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 two points dropped in the whole scheme of things. A question from Tim Pashley was today's um, was Saturday's result this season's version of Hurst's Swansea win. Um, I, I guess the question there being, do we then lose afterwards? I'm not sure. I'm or it's keeping probably... cooking a job. What the link, sure. I think he means yeah. the Lincoln, yeah, the Lincoln game. Well, if, if if we go another, if we don't win any of the next three or four games, then that win there sort of could have cost us a season almost. Whitehurst, it's the outlier, isn't it? Yeah. yeah but okay. Yeah. I don't know. We need to start winning. Yes. I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't know about this whole this whole thing about Cook. You know, we're talking about we don't know the the ins and outs of it, but it's going to be Ashton that makes the decision. But you know, are the guys in America just getting a bit? edgy here thinking well you know what what is going on here guys you know we were supposed to was it what was the what did the steed guy say you know league god help god help yeah. league one wherever it was well we won't show mercy on league one or something like that wasn't it? yeah yeah or, or is ashton saying well hang on there was a there was a period of play in the second half here where uh, carol nicked it through to fraser who knocked it wide to bond that looked all right actually like, oh all right we'll see you again in a couple of months then yeah i mean i think everything feels to me Building around the Doncaster game, there's a lot of pressure on that one now, isn't there? Um, Paul Westlake, um, I thought Carroll's class today. Um, do we now see him and Morsi as a starting two? Has Evans's injury put him way down that list, Joe? Well, I, I just think it's Evans's form rather than his injury, which is putting him down the list to, to be blunt. Had a really, good game at Lincoln by all accounts, though. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see the Lincoln game, so I can't comment on that one. But I thought, bar the sort of first hour of the Morgan game, I think he's been pretty probably one of our poorest players on the pitch in almost every other game there. And you just saw El Mazzuni sort of coming in yesterday, probably was so much more combative in there. He won the ball mm. back for us more times in that game. It feels like Evans has it all season in sort of nicking in, making interceptions, winning the ball back and playing the ball sort of positively and quickly forward that I think El Mazzuni's performance yesterday has put Evans to shame so far from, from what we've seen. And I said, I've got no doubt it's going to be Morsi starting, but yeah, I don't see why you'd put, Evans ahead of Carroll at the moment hmm. um, and as you said it, fe- it feels like the quality the cream rises to the surface doesn't it if if Carroll's got those instincts and Fraser has figured out that, that there might be a Harry from Bath trademark covalent bond forming there and Bond appears to be in there and Chapman appears to know that as well so that yeah. suddenly becomes the default setting because you've got collections of players that work together as opposed to it being the individuals perhaps so i what think you... um, carol's um signing was one that went under the radar a little bit and it it wasn't seen as a big sign in and i think he's only on a one-year deal isn't he but when you look at his pedigree he's probably got the best pedigree out of probably any of the players we've signed when you look how many games he's played in the premier league how many games he's played in the championship but he's never played down at this level before he is a and it sounds like qpr wanted to keep him they offered him a new contract but didn't work out there for, for whatever reason. Derby wanted to sign him, but couldn't do it because of the embargo. I think he's probably, like I say, a little bit under the radar, but he he, he should be sort of our best player in there. Him mm. and Sam Morsi, probably. And what you, I know we've only had a glimpse of Morsi against um, West Ham's kids and that, but what was noticeable when he played was that when he did win the ball, he was winning it further up the pitch. He wasn't sitting in front of the back mm. two and winning the ball. He was you know 20 yards further up the pitch when he won it. So by virtue of that, it may be that Carroll's also playing 10, 20 yards further up the pitch, which will allow him to have more effect on the final third rather than the middle and last thirds. Mm, interesting to see maybe on on Tuesday night. Um, quick one from uh, Paul's gone for a double bubble. I'll allow it, Paul. Um, very quickly on this one, looking at the bench today, is there a future for Norwood, Jackson and Barry? Question, question a clear out in January possibly needed. Yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. seem doesn't seem like it. I think I think Norwood and Jackson are sort of only here by virtue of the fact that they haven't had any interest in them. Okay, yeah, I think that's probably right. Mullet, um, have we lurched from one problem area in the side to another this season? He's talking about the goalkeeper, centre back, central mid, or do we just have too many quality options at this level that hinders it's uh, that it hinders hinders cohesion? I think because I, I guess his his point is Bolton five two to clean sheet at Lincoln. So we appear to have addressed that issue. And then on Saturday, just maybe that, that um, the attacking intent that we had seen was perhaps tempered a little bit, but that might be personnel, might it? Well, I think we, the thing is you can look back on all of pretty much all of our games and how many outstanding performances, individual performances have we had 
across all the games that we've had so far. We haven't actually had that many. So it's not as if you know the players themselves are making themselves undroppable. Obviously, Bon has to a certain extent at the moment, but nobody at the moment is averaging eight or nine out of ten a match um, themselves. So as a result, Cook's chopping and changing and bringing people in to try and find that winning formula. As Mullis said, if we've got, have we got too many options? So as a result, you know, if we didn't have as many options, we'd be potentially sticking with the same group of players and the same starting eleven to a certain extent, and allowing those relationships to to happen. Or because we're still scrabbling around trying to find the the results and the performances, are we, you know, creating creating problems by ourselves by pulling in too many people too often? I don't know. Yeah, and it goes back to Paul's point about clear out in, in January, maybe I don't know as well. Um... Yeah, um, a question for Joe here, um, and it's not been pitched to you, but you've mentioned this already, um, from Maurice Claude. Um, Ipswich are now 12 points and goal difference, um, or five games, what's that? Uh, behind Sunderland and Wigan, all on eight played. Are automatic promotion places now gone? We'll have a look at the league table in the roundup. Um, are the automatic promotion places now gone is the question, Joe. We've made it very difficult for ourselves if we wanted to get one of those two, and I say, I, I guess it's down to Sunderland and Wigan. Are Sunderland and Wigan? Are they the real deal, or are they just having a fast start and then they'll slow down and they'll end up? It's like but if they're going to carry on the form and get somewhere sort of around ninety points, we're going to be very, very hard pushed to get up there ourselves now, aren't we? Mm. We need a sort of a season where the league winners get sort of eighty four, eighty five points, as opposed to ninety four, ninety five points, because otherwise we just haven't got a hope of getting there. If, no, if we are, if we are going to, ca- sorry, I'll say, if we are going to get there. Hold on, to, hold on to your hats if we are going to catch them because it's going to be a yeah. hell of a ride, isn't it? Well, but, we're saying what you need, what, 27, 28 wins to get promoted, wasn't he? He said a few weeks ago. Was it? I, I think he said you need to win sort of 27, 28, 29 games if you want to get promoted. Well, we've played eight and we've won one, so we've got 38 left. So we need to win basically three out of every four till the end of the season. Yeah. The guys on one of the um, one of the parts. Again, it's either the not the top twenty or D three, D four. Two or three weeks ago, said that we were already out of it in terms of mm. top two, just by virtue of, and that was two or three weeks ago. You know, we hadn't won a game by then, obviously, but just by virtue of the other teams doing so well and just already creating that gap. And we're going to have to be these guys, aren't we? If if if, if we are going to yeah. get up there, and we haven't got a great track record of of beating the top teams, have we? Um, Chris Peach, I, I think we we. Um, talked about this earlier, but I'm um, interested to get your views and flim flam film fan um, supplements this as well. Um, Chris's question after that decent, assured performance from Idris Mazzuni. So that firmly put him in the first team picture. And um, Andy's just followed up there as, as he added his, added his can, um, announcing his candidacy for Sam, the Sam Morsi role, again, probably the Sam Morsi backup role. Um, Joe, do you want to talk to us about Idris Mazzuni and whether he's now effectively the backup for Sam Morsi? Well, I'd, I'd still, I'd still imagine that if we were to, like Sam Morsi misses the Wickham game, I think when he's on international duty, at, as, as things stand at the moment, I'd imagine that it would be Carroll and Evans if Evans is fit. I can't imagine that El Mazzini would have usurped Lee Evans in the pecking order, whether that's deserved or not. I'd, I'd say it probably is from that one performance, but I can't imagine that he's going to play and Lee Evans is going to sit on the bench at any time. I just thought it was very interesting that Cook elected to play El Mazzini rather than Harper there. I thought that was a, a big call and I, and, I, and I liked it and I backed, backed the call as well and I thought El Mazzini definitely did himself a, a number of favours as to going forward to play, play sort of more in there and get more game time. Mm. I, was, I was just impressed by how, and I said it just earlier, how combative he was. He did, when we won some good good tackles, as Joe said, more tackles than Evans probably has done combined over the games that he's played and not only did he do that, once he'd won it, he was being pro- progressive with the ball as well so fair play to him to you know add add that to his game where he has been a more of a floating around behind the behind the strikers type midfielder up to now yeah you'd, you'd have generally said you'd you'd expect to see him in the free rather than the two in midfield yeah. that's where he's normally played for us and he's always been a good presser of the ball when he sort of plays as a teddy he does get around the pitch quickly and he does press the ball well from that position but yeah no it's a sort of a new role for him and he's obviously sort of taken to it like a duck to water really mm. Good luck to him. Um, one, I mean, someone we haven't mentioned so far. This is a question from at Ips Rich for um, Craig. Um, is is 
January right, Dynasty idiot. now. No, <laughs> yeah. You always uh, pick your favourites. Yeah, I always pick the five. I, I, the cream rises to the surface. Uh, is Janai Dynasty now the first choice right back, right? Um, yeah. Until Vincent Young gets fit, I would have thought, yeah. He's, he's doing no, he's having no, sorry, he's doing himself no disfavours, not a word, is it? Doing himself no, no harm. harm. No harm at the moment, is he? No, absolutely not. He's solid. As Paul Cook said during the week, it's good one-on-one defender, which he showed in the first half a couple of times. Um, as we all know, we're going to be limited going forward, but may not be a bad thing. So we just need if he's if if he and Penny are going to be in the team for any length of time, then all of a sudden we're looking a lot less attacking, aren't we? If you've got the four defenders, the two sitting central midfielders, you're you now are limited to four guys up front whereas before you were attacking with six now you're attacking with four so I prefer it remains to be seen yeah it remains to be seen how we can get more out of those those four going yeah. forward say, or hopefully if Morsey's in the team it just pushes up those two midfielders a little bit more in any case yeah, but it, it certainly makes us look more solid great question at Ipswich um, I'm finishing <laughs> with this one from FPR Tractor who left us an excellent review um, on um, the Apple Podcast app. Um, so thank you for FBI Tractor. If you want to do likewise, um, positive reviews, um, always welcome. Um, let us know what you think. Um, and uh, the, the more interesting, if they quote the office or partridge, there's a good chance we'll screenshot it and stick it on the Twitter. Um, something to think about, guys. Um, how many goals have you been present for but didn't really see properly? Um, he mentions the Brian Gun air kick. I guess in current times, this is more common because people are looking down at their phones and refreshing their Twitter feed or on their bookie app. But have you attended a, an Ipswich town or any other fixture where there's been a momentous moment and you've been either down in the toilet or on your phone scrolling or have you, are you generally present in the moment? I'm, I'm generally okay. I think the one I missed was in Mick McCarthy's first game away at Birmingham after I busted for a wee and, and it was only a few minutes into the game. I didn't, oh, I didn't think anything will happen yet. So I went down for a wee and then you hear a big cheer erupt <laughs> as you're standing there doing your business and then came up and it was one nil. So obviously you're happy and good. And if, but then the game finishes one nil and you're driving home. You've got a three hour drive home. I've watched a one nil game where you've missed a goal because you went for a wee in the fifth minute of the game. Craig. Um, at home, at home games. No, because I drive to matches. So I'm not near, I know. And I'm not at, no mullet. I'm not old enough. To, I can I can last 45 minutes without needing a wee. Um, so I'm, I'm I don't miss um, goals for, for that. And I sort of I I make sure for my own sanity that I don't look at the phone too much during a game, sort of thing. So I'm pretty clued up when I'm watching matches. Um, I did miss one. I went on a, on a friend stag do once to Valencia, and I was I was best man, and we we had a long old weekend. And the, on the Sunday we we're off to the Mastaya to watch. Valencia versus somebody I don't know we were up in the gods and it was bloody hot and we'd all we were all suffering a little bit we watched about 89 minutes of a drab nil-nil draw I thought right enough enough now we've got to go wandered downstairs around the, uh, the the stairs to get down to the bottom literally as we all set foot on terra firma the roar went up from the crowd <laughs> one nil one nil Valencia oh I this is a shout out for, for comments. If you've and a great question from FBO Tractor. Um, if if you've um if you've been present at a fixture and for whatever reason have missed a key moment, we want to hear about it in the YouTube comments or on our Twitter at Blue Monday IFTFC. Want to hear about those. That's great. Thank you as always, everyone, for your questions, helpful in shaping the debate and uh, moving our knowledge forward and putting the guys under pressure. So I do appreciate that. Um, let's do some bits and pieces of housekeeping in League One. I'm going to put the League One table up very briefly and talk about some key wins there. But just look at Wigan and Sunderland setting the pace at the top there. I think it's seven. Is it seven straight wins for Wigan, possibly? I'm not sure. Um, but certainly five in this table that I'm looking at. Um, and they had a 2-0 win against Cheltenham on Saturday. Sunderland 1-0 victors against Bolton. Um, MK Dons going great guns under Liam Manning. 1-0 win against Wickham. Great result for them. Plymouth also excellent start to the campaign. They beat Doncaster 2-1. They're our opponents um, on Tuesday. Doncaster, Plymouth needing two penalties to see off Doncaster there. Um, elsewhere in uh, the Northwest Derby, Walkham 3, Atkinson 3 is where the goals were. 
um, some interesting um, moments in that game. So lots of um, shushing celebrations to the various home and away supports, depending on who was scoring the goals there. Um, and down the bottom, as you can see, Doncaster really struggling, um, but only three points worse off than us. Crew um, defeat for the uh, drew with Rotherham. And Charlton also drew with Portsmouth, who were having a very stuttering time, having started really well. As you can see there, no wins in five for them. Um, and let's talk briefly about Doncaster, guys, because we, we've ramped up the pressure on it a lot. Um, under Richie Wellens is, is the coach there in Exipsish Town, um, player, albeit Loney, who's managing there. He was sent off on Saturday, which I assume means he misses. He's not in the dugout. Tuesday night, unless he appeals it and is successful. Um, one win so far this season sounds familiar. One draw, six defeats for them. Only four goals scored, 11 against. They lost all five of their away games. Um, Joe, any excuses if we don't win this one? No, zero yep. excuses. Yep, that's nice and short, sweet. Greg, agree with that? Got a win? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. As, you, as you said earlier, seven, seven points out of nine isn't a bad, isn't a bad turnaround. So, it's got to be seven points out of nine. Yep. In which case, we'll keep that short and sweet. Um, we will be back, I'm sure, on Wednesday night. Um, maybe one of one or more of the three of us back to talk about Doncaster on Wednesday night on our live show. We're kind of moving it around a little bit and trying to find the sweet spot in terms of time. So if you've got any preferences on that, let us know. Maybe later is better than earlier, I suspect. So we might try a little bit later and see what we do about that. Um Pre-match show. And what I'm going to do as well for the people who are watching on YouTube, I'll tell you where you can find all of our social medias. Um, Pre-match show, about live Friday night. You can hear who will score or assist for Accrington against us next Saturday. And then the flagship show, back as always on Monday morning um, with all the details of Accrington. Um, you can find us at, on Twitter at Blue Monday ITFC. You can find us on Instagram at Blue Monday Pod Team. Joe, where can we find you? Um, at Joe Fairs on Twitter. At Joe Fairs. And you're uh, at... ITFC underscore Academy yep. as well. And Craig, where can we find you on the Twitter? Um, I'm at FIMS75. And just a couple of other things, if I may. Um, George Burley is speaking in, in the mighty Tendring Peninsula on Friday. We're going, aren't we? Us three are off to go and see him chat at Brightling Sea Region. I think there are a couple of tickets left. So if you fancy going to see George Burley, I think you should just pretty much Google Brighton see Regent George Burley, your the screen comes up to sorry, the website will come up to, to purchase tickets about 10, 12 quid, I think. Um, for that. And also, if anyone got season ticket vouchers, they've got to be used by the end of the month in the shop. In the shop. Oh, there you go. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Service. I've only got what four, four days of the month left. So Tuesday night. Public service broadcasting. Use them Spend Tuesday night. Your vouchers, otherwise Marcus wins. No, it's no longer there. Um, <laughs> and it's. I think you probably get to end up having a, my ticket to give away for George Burley because I'm doing the pre-match show. Um, we'll talk about that off air. I've just completely forgotten about that. Anyway, um, thank you, Craig, for that. Yeah, spend your money in the shop. Um, good. Um, who who wants the final word? Does anyone want the final words? I kind of want to go to good good to joe go on joe um thanks for everyone for listening thank you for watching and um, subscribe like all that fun stuff and um joe over to you just beat doncaster <laughs>